bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hey guys, and welcome to Mess in Progress with myself, Gina Brion, and my lovely co-host, Miss Catherine G. Mendoza. Catherine, say hi to the people. Hey, people. I have a cocktail. Sorry. I have a water tail. Huh? <laughs> water tail? This is called adult. <laughs> You're going to see in the middle of the episode, I'm not going to drink it when our guest comes on, yeah. but I will be drinking water. I just feel weird and like inappropriate if I have a drink and they don't have a drink. Yeah. It's like, You're- I'm going to sit here drinking my quarantini. <laughs> you just sit there and be thirsty. Be a thirsty hoe. Yeah. So, I have a question for you. So yeah. you know I've been obsessed with TikTok. Yes, the tiki tiktok. The tiki tiktok. Um, I saw this video the other day, and it was like it said that like um women when you do contouring because we all know what contouring is like to highlight the angles of our face. Um, when we do contouring, that it is like buying into this idea of European beauty standards. I see what they're getting at. But I don't know how to feel about it. What do you feel? Mm. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Y'all stretching. Like, can't, can't, can't a bitch just contour her face because she wants to contour her face because she's into makeup? It's like, why, why every little thing got to be picked at? Like, that's insane to me. Like, oh, I can't contour my face now because now I'm a bad example to younger girls because I just want to look like I have cheekbones. What if you don't got no cheekbones? What if you have no, like, like, you know how people that have like really beautiful chiseled faces don't have to do shit to their faces. They don't got to put anything on. And then there's people that have to experiment with makeup to achieve a certain look. Like, yeah. Cara de papa. Like, <laughs> that's what my mom used to call me. She'll be like, con la cara de papa. That's like, like, I feel like um, it's an indigenous thing. I, this is not shading. I'm not like, going to shade. Look at me right now. I look Morticia Adams light right now because I have not <laughs> been in the freaking sun. You I, I legit look like I'm half dead. And it could be, maybe the baby's making me anemic. I don't know. But I am light-skinned as hell right now. So you're telling me that if I wanted to add some nice contour lines and some a little bit of tan with a little bit of makeup, like... This, yeah, I feel like I like it. See, here's the thing. I feel like for me, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was younger, I did have an insecurity about having like chubby cheeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I, it's because I hated when people pinched them. But now as I get older, I realize the beauty of having a rounder face and all of that is that rounder looks more youthful. Yeah. Right? Because the skinnier it looks, actually, the more you look like chupa. Like, you know? But sometimes with some looks like right now I have a ponytail, but sometimes if you have like a really tight ponytail, you want that, like, yeah. jaw, you know, the chiseled you line. The jawline. You want that look. And I get what they're saying, but I, I think that's to assume that only Europeans have chiseled jaws. You know what I mean? Like, cause I feel like, like I said, I think indigenous features do tend to be rounder, but um african features aren't so african people also have the you know the the jawline the 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 cheekbones so that's where i'm like you're stretching because you're you're mad stretching like that's the you're being mad extra just because some of your least favorite celebrities i'm not gonna name any names but we all know who everybody's thinking about love to freaking contour the crap out of their faces and you want to make it seem like, oh, that's because they're going with this beauty standard. What if she just likes her face like that dog? Like, just let her rock. Right. What if not shaming people for how they like to look. What about that kind of openness that everybody's supposed to be about? And now it's like, well, no, you're you're uh, you're um, trying to be like beauty standards of Europeans. Man, are you European? My thing dropped. Um, Because I was so aggressive about it. I was like, here's my opinion. (laughs) I was like, to contour. Don't judge me. Contour. That was me. I'm over here with a brush on camera. I'm sitting here with patas abiertas. You almost showed us a little. I know. I almost showed you. You almost saw the baby. You almost saw the baby. 
<laughs> You'd have been like, hey, is that the baby? Yo, I look so pale right now. Right, like, the, ba- the baby was about to be like, nothing wrong with contrary, mommy. Let me change the <laughs> color of the light and see if it helps. Ooh, now I just look dead and dark. Oh yeah, no, you looked a little blue. Um, mm, what was that other one? Do it again. This one. No, that one, that one. I like that because it gives a rosiness. Yeah. Yeah. You know I what? have a lot of light on me right now, and it's just y'all have to understand. I was in the darkness for so long. <laughs> the more light I have on me right now, the happier I am. The better. I just love. I light. love the light, yo. I, just, I love light. I love light. I just want to be in the sun, y'all. You know what's interesting? I really do think that it's like um, maybe because you're pregnant. Because I normally feel like you and I are the same complexion. We're a very similar complexion. So like right that. now, and I haven't been outside like at all. Yeah. Right now, our undertones look different. I think that we have. Different- I think it might be the baby, and I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. The other day, it's freaking these freaking people outside my building. <laughs> I- I was like looking at my legs, right? Mm-hmm. For some reason, like my left leg was hurting me. And I just pressed down on it, like with my thumb. And you know how they say like, if you're anemic, like your your skin won't turn red right away? Yeah. Like it, my thumbprint was there for a minute, just white for a minute. And I'm like, I wonder if just because I'm pregnant, I'm having some issues with that because I know it happens to a lot of pregnant women. Yeah, yeah, you lack iron. Like, and, I'm, and I'm trying to eat, you know, I, I was eating more red meat in the beginning than I am now. Mm. I'm starting to get like too full, easy mm-hmm. from stuff because everything is pushed up. Like, I don't know how much I know about pregnancy, but my organs have been relocated. I don't know where my lungs are. I have no idea where anything else is. Everything gets pushed up. So your stomach is like squished. Everything is squished. So you feel like you can't breathe. It gets hard to move. And so the, when I eat, if I eat too much, I get sick to my stomach and I'm like, oh great, now I gotta walk around or something so that I don't feel like I'm gonna throw up. I want you to know, this is a PSA for Catherine don't get pregnant. No, Catherine, I'm telling you right now, if you can't cope. I can't cope with life now. (laughs) If you can't deal with stuff like that, like for me, because I was already, I already had a weak stomach, I was always nauseous no matter what, which is why my diet was constantly changing. Um, I'm so used to being nauseous that I know how to deal with myself when I'm nauseous. Yeah. That's not your current state. Like, if that's not your constant state, then it's like, all right, no, I get it. Don't, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do this, huh? See, because I be getting, like, I be have, I be super upset on the days just when I have my barriguita is a little bit more barigota. Yeah. So, like, I know that during pregnancy, everybody knows you're going to have a barriga. Yeah. But, so that wouldn't be my worry. I feel like the discomfort. I do not like discomfort. Yeah. You have to deal with a lot of discomfort. That's the one thing I will say. Like, um, and it's in everything. Like, it's like people think it's just like one thing or the other. It's like, no, it's it's in everything you do. Like I'm at seven months now, like a little over seven months. If I get up, if I'm standing too long, if I'm walking around too much, like if I'm sitting for too long me laying down i'm tossing and turning at night because one side i sleep on one side this side falls asleep i gotta sleep on the other side this side's uncomfortable so i end up turning on this side like it's so uncomfortable 24 7. i have a question yes can you see your toes when you're in the shower or my toes yes my coochie no my coochie i have not we have not seen each other in a very long time (laughs) like you're like a a barrigón, like a borracho, like the guys on the yeah, who yeah, got the yeah. I can't see my coochie unless I have a mirror. I'll be like, hey, girl, you all right down there? You all right? You good? You be, you be like, hello, down there. relationship. I'm like, you good? You good, girl? I haven't seen you in a minute. You all right? She's quarantined. Yeah, she's quarantined. <laughs> like, she, she had a voice. I feel like it'd be like one of those, like, 40-year-old smoker voices where she's just like, it's been forever since I've seen you. <laughs> what's going on up there <laughs> a lot of pressure in this general area <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I missed I want to, but she needs to give it up yeah <laughs> yeah she's she's cigarettes she's not pot she's cigarettes <laughs> I love how we have two distinct ways of smoking to let you know what the type of smoke you're talking about like this yeah. is clearly cigarettes right. this is clearly pot yeah there's there that's the distinction. You're just if like, you're listening to this and you know that you've done both. You just did it in your head. You just yep. did both 
for your yeah. oh yeah this is cigarettes this is hot <laughs> right i was watching this thing on netflix the other day about um hallucinogens specifically mm -hmm. about acid and um mushrooms it's hilarious by the way i gotta find the name of it i don't ask me now my pregnancy brain is retarded um but <laughs> it is hilarious okay. they have all these comics and all these famous actors talking about the first time they took acid what an acid trip was like and how a lot of movies get it wrong mm. like a lot of movies only show you what happens when somebody has a bad trip on acid or a bad trip on mushrooms and they're like and almost everybody even the people that thought they had had a bad trip in the end of their story they were like actually no i learned a lot from that so i guess that was a good trip so it was like people were saying like it's the way it's portrayed in movies is that you're like gonna die or jump out a window or throw yourself in front of a car and everybody that was doing documentary and it was like sarah silverman mark Marin, like lewis black carrie fisher like these were people that like i don't know when they filmed this but Anthony Bourdain is in there. Like he's, everybody's talking about their acid trip. Just names a few people who are gone. Who yeah. Are gone. I know they taped it back in the Disney, but the way they talked about it was so interesting and fascinating the way they described it. I've never taken acid, FYI, anybody. Me neither. I've taken mushrooms. They're fun. Uh, well, I have, but that was unintentional. Yeah, I mean, I took, the first time I took Molly was unintentional. Cause it was at that party. Remember when we were at that party? It was me and you and Sexy Ginger, the guy that I used to date. Okay. Oh. Remember? Oh, the one in like Brooklyn. Yes, and they gave me a glass of water. They they just like handed <laughs> me water, and I drank it. And he was like, No. I remember that we spent a lot of time in the kitchen. Yes, we did. I remember. Jesus. Yes. And I think he disappeared for a while. He did. And we didn't know where the hell he was, nor did we care. We was in the kitchen. I think we were like eating the chips and there was a cat and we were fascinated by the cat. Yo, it was, that was, yo, white people would be partying crazy. Like they disappeared into a room and I think they were smoking pot in that room. Which is weird because like you're doing Molly in the living room, but pot. But pot, let's go to the bedroom. <laughs> don't want anybody to know we're smoking pot. They probably just didn't want to share with people. Yeah, they probably didn't. And you know what? That's a good question for after this social distancing. How comfortable are people going to feel with sharing joints? Yo, but not only that, like um, people, like because you don't know who the person is who just rolled up that blunt. Yeah, somebody blunt. just licked that up. And Yo, I, ever since I was like a kid, because like I wasn't smoking when I was younger, but you know, people like guys on the block, they smoke. Yeah. So you will watch them roll, and I would always think, yo, like, that's mass saliva. Like, they just be licking that's why I never <laughs> mess with blunts, because, it, first of all, I only would take a joint from somebody that I knew. Right. And I knew, like, at some point, like, they, they didn't lick a joint, but I don't know their hands. Everything was up on there. But, like, if it's somebody I know, like, if it's James or my buddy Mike, like, I'm like, all right, I know y'all. Y'all are clean. But, like, I would, I would never mess. I never mess with blunts ever. Cause I thought it was just nasty. Well, I mean, the first time I, I smoked, you know, when I was like a teenager, so I did do blunts, but it was like friends or stuff like that. Well, white people were always the people in my life introducing me to drugs. The first time I smoked pot was with my white comedian friend. Like, cause all my hood friends, like when I was growing up, they knew my mom, my mom don't play. Right. They wouldn't even try it. Like my mom, no, she don't play. She beat the shit out of all of us. Like <laughs> we all gonna get it if she catches anything. So we never did, I never did anything in high school or whatever, barely in college. And then I was at a party with a bunch of my comedian friends and they were smoking from a bong. And I was like, what's that? And <laughs> they were like, that's a bong. And I was like, oh, that's what it looks like. So I took a hit and I don't know if I even did it right, but I was like, how do I know if I'm high or not? <laughs> like, I was like, I've never done it before. I don't, am I gonna feel something? Is there a bell that goes off? How do I know? <laughs> I had no idea what being high felt like. I don't, I want to say I remember, but I probably don't remember the first time I was high. I do remember one of the first times I was high. I was with my first boyfriend in high school. We were in his apartment, like his mother's apartment. And I just remember the munchies because she was Puerto Rican, but like New York Rican. Mm -hmm. And she made arroz with um, salchichas, like the Vienna. You're sauce. like the third yeah. person this week that has mentioned Arroz con uh, the little Vienna sausages and chicha. Oh, she made a uh, week. So 
Well, I used to make that joint all the time, and I didn't appreciate it till I was older. Because when I was a kid, I was like, "Yo, I hate those stupid sausages." And then when I got older, just like I didn't, I didn't appreciate anything till I got older. Rice and beans, I didn't appreciate it. Meal, I didn't appreciate it. Because we ate Puerto Rican food all the time, which is what I would tell people. I'm like, when you eat it all the time, you're like, "Yeah, I'm used to this." Like, I love Mexican food because I didn't get it growing up. Right. That's why I love tacos so much. But like now I appreciate it a lot more. Like my mom makes pernil or she makes she makes her rice and I'm like, oh, this is this is good food. I wish I would have learned these recipes, yo. I mean, I mean the 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 one with that chicha is not that hard, right? No, it's not. But that's the thing, like, yo, and here's and at that time I used to love ketchup. And for some reason that rice with ketchup and a fried egg, whoo, child. It's a hood delicacy. That's oh, a you want the, instead of a Heinz ketchup, is the Carsdale. Crasdale? Carsdale? Carsdale, yeah, whatever that hood ketchup was. You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what, the one you get at Western Beef. Yeah. Like, it ain't even, a, a, like, at any bougie supermarket, you gotta get it at Western Beef. Yes, yes, and you know, like, they use so much ketchup that it's at the end and the shit's going, the yeah. bottle. Well, the you bottle coming from the bottle, like, <laughs> You'd be like, yo, every time I, to this day, when I hear that sound, I'm like, somebody farted. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't, I'm, such, I'm so juvenile. I'm like, somebody farted. <laughs> I don't think somebody's farting right now. <laughs> That's I mean, I feel like, yeah, like for me, um, eating that, that's my memory of like being high the first, well, one of the first times. Um, but I think it was more, less about the high, more mm -hmm. about the munchie, right? That's my memory. It's about like that I'm hungry feeling. You know what's crazy about the munchies when you're high is that you have no inhibitions. Like nothing stops you. Like you'll sit there and you'll eat a whole box of donuts. You'll sit there and you'll just, I mean, you'll just gorge yourself. You won't stop yourself. Oh, we have our guest. Our guest is here. Bam, 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 bam. All right, let's bring her right in and get into it because I know we are on a time schedule here. Hey! We found our guest. Hi! Hello! Can you hear me? Because I'm trying to give no. you some, some <laughs> mic. Ooh, Ooh she, got podcast, some, she got right? some fancy mic, yes. Cars gave it to me, so for this. Kind of thing, so. <laughs> it's great. We can hear you. Oh, fantastic. Okay, great. Oh my God, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. We're so excited to have you on. Um, I want to make sure that we are, you know, within our, our time frame. So yes, I have a, the festival. Yeah, which congratulations on everything, by the thank way. You. Congratulations on everything that's happening. Be that season three, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into everything. Um, but first Ooh. off, we always like to throw out our three rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you can answer them in whatever order you feel is important. Okay. I'll throw them at you as, as rapid fire slash slowly as I can. The first one is, where are you from? The second one, what is your zodiac sign? And the third one, we know a lot of your career started in theater. Can you tell us more about your start in the industry and where you currently are in your career? Okay. I'm from Los Mochis, Sinaloa. Mexico, soy sinaloense. I, uh, wait, wait, what was the other question? Zodiac sign. Oh, Sagittario. The most disorganized sign of the Zodiac. That's me. And a Sagittarius, so I feel you. Very loyal, too. Yeah. And so I, well, I'll talk about how I got in this industry, because like, in the theater, I just like, I went to, I was an actor, I went to school, I did it like the way you sort of do it, you know? Yeah. I did study playwriting too, but, um, and acting and sh like Shakespeare, but I never got to use that because, <clears throat> you know, I'm like big and brown and they don't, <laughs> it just didn't, you know? But then I, I started a theater company, a Latina theater company called Teatro Luna, and that like sort of gave me my theater career in a way like step by step but then this thing so I was like a legit playwright doing a play in New, in New York now you don't make a lot of money doing the kind of like the kind of plays that I was doing you know I, I never had anything on Broadway or anything so it was um um but I was so proud of it and it was like it was what I sold now that could have been Brujas or could be I don't know what's happening because of COVID so 
yeah, I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> Anything, you know? Um, but, but, um, like, uh, an, an agent came to like see the play and wanted to talk to me. He took me out for lunch and was like, you could write for TV. And I was like, do I have to go back to school? Cause I, I don't got the money right now. <laughs> it's just like, you know, what is TV writing? I didn't even, I mean, I owned TV, but I didn't, you know, watch TV. I was like doing theater all the time. He was like, just come to LA and take meetings. And I had a play going on at the Fountain Theater here on Fountain. Um, I was like, I'll take meetings when I'm there for the play. And, uh, and then from that time I got a job, my first job, and then here we are. So like it, um, I didn't have a, you know, a, a, a sample for TV, like a writing sample. I just had my place and that's how I got staffed. And in a lot of ways, I don't know how I'm here. Oh my God. <laughs> so, I mean, that's amazing. Cause like yeah. now you're directing. Yeah. Now I'm, directing. Now I'm, um, I'm closing a deal on a, to direct and write a little movie. Like when did, how did this even, how did this happen? You know, yeah, like. It's feel incredible though. It, it feels amazing, but also now I have, um, I've inherited that thing that people in this industry, like, oh my God, like carencia, like, um, we're not going to have enough. There's not going to be, I'm not going to work. Like it's this thing, which in the theater, cause I didn't have any money and I didn't really like, even when I worked, I w didn't get paid. I'd never had that. I was just like, I'm going to write this for my art. And for, cause I, but here it's like, oh, and now what's next? And everyone's asking me and like, oh, yes. Like, so. The pressure is heavy. People don't realize when you level up, the pressure levels up too. Yeah. And so now I'm there. And also we're in this Rona time and I'm like, all, and I'm a barren spinster that lives with two cats. So all <laughs> I have is time to think about how shit's not going to work out. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. You know, I need to meditate every day. I showed you my altar con mis ochunes y mis llamas. Like I would show, you know, cause I have to do a lot of work so I don't eat myself inside out, you know, and, and with doubt. Um, and that's real. Like, like that I was just, um, literally before this, uh, half an hour before this, I had a session with a bruja and I was just like, these two, these two, um, parts of me, um, uh, are, are fighting. Like one is like, no, I can't do it. I'll never work again. I have to get a job at Starbucks. And the other one's like, what are you talking about? You're a chingona. Like they're, they're, yeah. they're fighting all the time. Yeah. And she was like the white wolf and the brown wolf or the black wolf. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but that resonates. <laughs> yeah. It was like a fight, you know? But there was a meme about that where there are two wolves that live inside of each of us. She said it. Yeah, Which one do you want to feed? Exactly. It depends. The, the winner is the one you feed the most. Yeah. So do you feed the fear or do you fear the other one? Yeah. I you feel feed the, your, I, out of your confidence. It's the easiest thing to do is feed the fear. That's easier. Right. It's harder to feed your, like, like um, you know, your self-worth, your ego, your sense of value. <sighs> culture our parents yeah. um, our uh, society they've done a number on us you know and it's like working through me right now it's like really uh during this quarantine i'm like having to like because there's no one else but those two wolves here with me and yeah. two wolves. Uh -huh. <laughs> those are your little wolves that's what it is they're your little wolves. Wolves. <laughs> no they're, they're wolves. they're little pussies <laughs> that don't do anything <laughs> but sleep and eat all the food that i buy them well, you see, that's what we, um, so getting into like Vida, that's kind of what you just mentioned, like all those like little nuances of like being raised with Latino families, like we, we binged all three seasons, like recently again. And one thing that we found really interesting was the, not only the issues that you like tackled through the seasons, but I think the importance of the issues, you know, cause I think when people hear about it, they haven't caught up, then yeah. they know about the issues that were tackled in season one, which had a lot to do with um, sexuality and things like that, where season two tackled colorism. But yeah. I was very much interested that season three tackled class. Yeah. And I think that I would love to know why you tackled that because it, it's not just a Latino thing that goes beyond yeah. race, ethnicity. It's, Beyond na nationality, like what? Why was that important for you? I'm gonna answer, but are you gonna do that brush thing, and then we're all gonna turn into? Right. Yes. <laughs> you realize I totally. This is because of the Selena video. I did a Selena video recently. Yeah. It was like a reveal Selena video, and I have it here 
because I did the reveal into the solution. thing. I was like, are we gonna do that? Are we doing that right now? Is that a part of what we're doing? Is that what we're doing? I don't have a brush. Wait, I don't, know I don't have a brush with me. Uh, anyway, okay, <laughs> like but, but, but the it was it's like, that thing. I've been so jelly. Everyone's like doing them. I'm like, what are we gonna do? A bunch of writers? What are we gonna do? A pen? Like, um, okay, what was the question? Sorry, it was. Vida uh, and, and classism. Yeah, no. So if you read my plays, almost all 16 of them deal with um, that intersection of, you know, classism, race, um, um, sexuality, gender, all that stuff, you know? Um, so I always knew I wanted to touch on it on Vida, but what I realized that first season, we only had six episodes. You have to like, sorry about that. You have to do like, um, like dole it out, you know? Cause like, six three hours is not that long it's like a long movie you know so you have to be like so what first of all we have to we, that that first season we had to get to know the world and the characters so you have to do prioritize that and then you know add to that um same thing second season um i had 10 i had five hours to work with so i'm like what are the things that i can add but then since we added characters we added baco we added nico then you like you know you you take you sort of take your time and economize what like subject matter and themes you can work with. And then we had six again this season. And I was like, we just have to deal with class. And the thing is uh, when, when I say like you deal with it, you like sort of introduce a character or that embodies that, or, or at least um, a storyline where um, one of the, one of my leads can engage with that theme, you know, and that's usually the best way to do it. Well, it was also religion this season, you know, and tra traditional values um, that we, because Vida the Bar is like a safe space, a safe haven for queers, we, it's only when we're outside that world do we, you know, um, see how it really is that it's not as safe for us. You know, I mean, you saw it first season. As soon as she, as Eddie leaves a bar to another bar, hate crime, you know? That scene um, tore me up. Uh, it, so shoot brother, it. It was. My brother came out when I was 14. Yeah. And it was my biggest fear at that time. Oof, yeah. All my friends that were openly gay were experiencing gay bashing on the regular, yeah. whether it was emotional, whether it was, you know, physical, they were getting tortured. And that scene, like literally, I just tears. Like I just, I couldn't, I couldn't control myself in that scene because it was like, it was so real, which I think is one of the biggest and best aspects of that show is the reality of the situation oh and not holding back the emotion of that situation. Right. Yeah, I mean, we like, even revisiting it when Eddie sees her yeah. after right. that moment, you kind of like, you. it's way in. You didn't do it three episodes later. It's way in and you feel it again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and the thing is that we, because we don't do flashbacks, because I want it to be as realistic as possible. So we don't do flashbacks. We don't do flash forwards. We don't, um, when two people are talking on the phone, you don't see both people. You just have one perspective, like if you were there, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, the question was like, are they going to know that's the attacker? They'll know it's the attacker she, yeah. because Eddie will know. And the thing is like, shouldn't she go to the cops? She said, no, the, the more realistic oh. thing is, th is this, I feel like this is, we, we would let go of that. Like, um, it was such, so many discussions like Eddie needs to do something about the attacker. What would she really do? This Eddie that we know that is so passive and right. sort of this, you know, Eddie lets people step on her and. Has, is that is is I don't think she would go you know out of her way but like yeah it was just that moment and the, the fact that it carries to third season you know that's when she sees it. and it was it reminds you it's a it was a local bar so it was a local crime you're bound to see your attacker yeah because um, you're you're in that neighborhood you know so it uh it um yeah that was and the uh the guy who plays the 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 attacker is the nicest guy too. He's like a dad. He's super sweet. I'm like, I'm so sorry that we made you this guy. I'm so sorry so that nice. I feel yeah. like that's so common in television or film that they, you find out that the people who pay the best villains are actually the, the nicest, kindest, people. the nicest, sweetest people. The two sisters, you know, Meli and Mish. I mean, the actresses. They are the opposite of what they play. Like Please. Mish is like, yeah, Mish is like this, like. I mean, I'm not gonna call her a hippie, but like she's like, you know, super easygoing, no sé qué. And, and Meli is like type A alpha, go getter, super work, work. Her work ethic is like unbelievable. Uh, Misha's always like late, but she's loving and she wants to feed you. And she's like, 
the opposite. Another scene that got to me was um, when Lynn is in the party with all these, like, you know, she's with the, the rich white people, the rich hipsters at this party, and the cleaning lady comes mm -hmm. in. And, you know, as somebody that's in an industry like this, like, I remember going through moments where I was at um, somebody's house once, and the only thing they could think to say to me was, oh, yeah, my, my cleaning lady's from Ecuador. And I'm like, that's cool, yeah. I'm Puerto Rican. And you, yeah, this is our only point of connectivity? Yeah, that you... Uh, yeah. That's the only thing you could think to say to me right now. Is my, my first um, gig writing for TV was uh, horrible. And I wrote a play about it called Fade because I needed therapy and I didn't have a therapist, but I had a play, you know, that I could write. Yeah. And uh, I put in this play something that really happened that one day um, one of the bosses um, called me into his office to be, and I was like, oh, it was, I had turned something in my first thing and I thought he's going to either like tear it up or congratulate or something and give me notes. You know, it was felt very like I went in when he called me in, like he was like, after work, can I see you in my office? Imagine the whole day you're like, Oh, oh shit, what do I do? Then uh, I go in thought like, like ready for notes. Do you know what I mean? He's like, so this is, he's, and I don't understand what like, and I hadn't even sat down. And he already said something. He's like, so like, gonna say not the real name uh so lupe so lupe keep i keep telling her that i need my periodicals fanned out a certain way and she doesn't do it and i don't know how to communicate can you can we call her now and can you communicate in her language you know that i need this a certain way because when i come out of my like it was this whole thing and it was like and then you had to like talk to lupe and be like <clears throat> In Spanish, Lupe girl, you gotta, you, you gotta get a new job. No, no, but like, it's like, no, it's, it's more like you have to make her see, cause if not, Lupe's gonna get fired, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, um, it's, uh, yeah, it, I saw who I, and I was at this point, the only Latina working on that show about five Latinas. Then later on, Gloria Calderon came and then she just, oof, sisterhood saved my life. But That's ironic, by the way. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I started and it was, mostly middle-aged people as writers and um uh, white and um and then me uh, it was uh, yeah but like it was for that I, I saw my value for them that day I was like oh okay I call your I call your maid which there's nothing listen Lupe god bless her we are that and I, I you know if they need me to translate I will translate but the fact that he he only associated me with that you know yeah. um with that like th that was my function so of course you're going to think while you're working, well, this is my function. Okay. So I should only speak up about Latino things. I can't just tell them an, an idea that it has nothing to do with Latino. Like it, it messed me up. That, that was um, also the first day. And I tell the story a lot. The first day, um, the other um, writer that was my age, not, you know, uh, like sort of my age, um, turns to me while we're walking down the hallway and says, you do know you're the diversity hire, right? tells me this and I, I'm like what's that <laughs> and he goes oh honey and I'm like well what is what is that so I call my agent that guy who found me I was like um what is the diversity hire and he he goes um oh, I didn't want to tell you so it didn't get in your head wait why would it get in my will you explain to me what it is um you don't cost the show anything the studio pays for you so you're free right so I have no value I said, he was like, no, 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 just do a great job. It's a great opportunity. Huh? So yeah, it was, it was really, yeah. No, yeah. Like, cause I, I did read somewhere that you talked about that feeling of otherness of yeah. being the other in that situation. And yeah. it's so weird because it's like the one thing that's actually our superpower, which is our individuality in Latinidad can be, can make you feel like an other in a room Absolutely. because sometimes, I mean, Sometimes you want to be able to say, this is my experience and this is how we went about it. But other times you don't want them to go, ooh, we have that one Latino in the room. Let's add a Latino character just for this episode because you can speak from that. They're the ambassador. So you become the ambassador. And in that show, I was the only person of color. So you become the ambassador for all people of color, which is so wrong, you know? Like, <laughs> I cannot speak for other communities. I can barely speak 
on a general like tone for my own community because like I can speak for uh, an immigrant you know uh, from Sinaloa who came through Texas and lived in Chicago I can speak for that but I can't like you have me speak for you know a Puerto Rican identity a Dominican identity a Chilean identity I I I mean I can tell you my opinion as someone in in an umbrella of a community you know under that umbrella but it's like I cannot represent a Chilean identity like yeah. and they do want you to you know it's um because we have a basic idea of other cultures obviously from being Latino from being Latinx from you know we understand like I understand some stuff, stuff about Ecuadorians yeah. but I mean if I was asked to represent their culture I'd be like whoa no wait hold on uh-huh. like that's I know the ABCs, that's about it. Like, you need somebody who really knows. Right, and then you also got to think the difference between, for instance, in Ecuadorian, like I'm Ecuadorian American. I can tell you that experience. I can't tell you what it is to be Ecuadorian in Right now. Yeah. I can't tell you that. And I can, and that's hard. Because I, if I get, if I ever got hired for being Ecuadorian, the question is, what are you expecting me to bring to the table? Because I'm a New Yorker of Ecuadorian descent. Right. Yeah. And it's different. And right, it's like, right. that's not on your resume. You don't, you don't have that whole byline of like, these are all the layers of what I am. Because, right, right, right. But, but at the same time, you never know. Is that a positive thing to get in the room? Like your agent said, it's an opportunity. You're in the room. Or is it a hindrance? I, both. And it, can, and it can still be good, even if it's both, you know? Yeah. Uh, you, we need a way in. We need, we yeah. need to get into the freaking castle. And, you know, we just need in. So, like, whichever way you let me in, it's as long as you stay in, you know? Uh, and and that you develop, like, parameters about how much bullshit you're going to take. Because you, there, even if you weren't, um, even if you were dominant culture, um, a writer from the dominant culture, you would have to take some bullshit, you know? Like, whatever. It's, everything's political. But what, how much are you willing to take regarding your identity? you know, whether you're queer, whether you're brown, whether, you know, um, um, disabled, whatever, whatever it is. And you, and you do have to like sort of formulate that soon or it will eat you up. Like I, I was gonna, after I finished that first show, I was like, I'm done going back to Chicago. Goodbye. And then really fast and accidentally, not accidentally, but like really fast, a second show came uh, looking and it sort of washed everything away it was beautiful it was led by a person who'd never done tv uh, he was a uh, director auteur you know and then it was all queer and i mean i was the only female but it um it still was like oh so you can make this kind of tv like beautiful gems of gem of a show you know with the people build built by the people who it reflects you know uh so i was like so there's a lot of looking that was the name of the show um dna and vida um, just like how, como lo armé, like how I, um, also the, the, how San Francisco used to be such a big part of, of the show. So uh, Boyle Heights became a, like another character too, you know? So it, it like, I, there's, I have a lot of love for looking because it gave me my love for TV writing. You yeah. Know? I mean, we, um, you know, we, we did read that like your writer's room was Latinx, full Latinx the first two seasons and then full Latina. We're yeah. that's kind of what you're talking about the representation uh-huh. in the room but also you had mentioned i think somewhere else about the authenticity of people who are from a specific community so for instance it was i i think the quote said something about if if the story takes place in chicago it needs to it needs to feel like chicago yeah right and so i mean i think there's levels to the importance of authenticity the authenticity of the community that it's reflecting meaning like the physical community yeah the people in the community do you feel like that's what you will continue to do as you tell different stories so like you said um there's brujas you know if that moves forward just how important is that for you in general i think especially with identity themed things yes it's super it's super important um now if i do like some space thing that I don't know what it, you know, like, and I don't know, like some sci-fi shit that I, I can't, so I don't want to make a blanket thing because like right now there's something that I'm thinking about that it has no home, but like there's a native element and there's an um, African-American element. And I think I should include those voices. You know what I mean? Even though it's a Latinx themed show, but there's those voices. So those voices should be included. So like, um, 
that, that yes, I, I think it's super important. And I, I see myself mostly doing this, but it's not, you know, it's not just the writers. It's, um, it's uh, uh, like the directors. And I saw that I'm looking too. all the directors were like queer, not like queer, they were queer. And so I was like, Oh, you can do that. Yeah. All right. So like in this, the past two seasons, they were all Latina, you know, Latina, which is big freaking deal, you know, because um, I had to find Latina. So the Latinas that are um, already TV writers, they were already, they were working and I couldn't get them, you know, but the Latinas that, um, that I hired, I, there were a lot of first timers, you know? So you start this career and you get them into the DGA, which is the union. This is huge, you know, including myself. I got myself in, you know, not because I'm stars was like, you need to direct. And I'm like, maybe fourth season, just direct this season, you know? And I'm so grateful that they made me do it. Cause I, now I directed half the season and I, I, me pico, like the bug. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I'm you know, I'm writing a movie right now and trying to do this other movie. So like, um, and I never thought at that meeting with that agent that cut to, seven years later, I was kind of movies, me? No, I'm a theater maker, you know, but, but yeah, it's, um, but, but the authenticity, I want to say something about, uh, cause I, I know there's, um, I was criticized by the community, uh, about not being from Boyle Heights. I totally get it. It's true. I did staff people from the area, um, because there's stuff that I, you know, I started going to Boyle Heights, but I'm still an outsider in lots of ways, you know, I'm, if you would have asked me about Chicago, we could have, you know, I didn't yeah. might not have needed that, but like just culturally, like people who grew up there, people who um, still live there, like what, you know, what is, so I hired in, in every, you know, like people like that. So, so it, um, and also I just steeped myself in it and because it's cultural and Mexican Americanness, even if it's in Chicago or South Texas, where I'm also from, like, there's a lot of, you know, uh, similarities, you know, with, with different regional um, aspects of Mexican Americanness. Now, the slang is something I had to learn <laughs> because East LA slang is very different than South Texas slang and and Chicago slang. You know, I mean, East LA slang is different than North Cali. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. The first couple of times I went to LA, I stayed at my homegirl's place in East LA, and it was one of the best experiences because one, I love that neighborhood. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like, I just fell in love with that neighborhood. Yeah. I'm from the South Bronx, so it just reminded me of like yes. the hood parts reminded me of home, and then the non-hood parts reminded me of newer home that I have, and so it was just a beautiful part. So when I saw it in the show, I was like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I remember." I. There's there's a neighborhood every like Pilsen is what it reminds me of, you know, La Villita, and and so so that's the similarities I'm talking about. It's like you recognize them; they're there, you know, the elements of, you know. Oh. what the stores look, the storefronts look like sometimes you know maybe the the streets and the the type of tree might not be the same but it's like the people you 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 recognize something so that i think that that's why be that could it, it like could speak to a pan latino like yeah. pan latinx identity because it has some similarities you know no definitely i mean we also so a few we have an episode coming out with um curly velasquez he's a close I friend and he, he talked about you a lot and that you're also giving other people like himself like he talked highly about and it makes so much sense because you know your story and how like um people have given you opportunities i i to me i just want to commend you for the fact that you are doing that for others for the new directors and that first credit because it also it's beyond just like putting stories out there it's starting like you know when they say um generational wealth well the same thing with career wealth in like the industry, it's a yeah. thing. It is such a thing. And I feel like, um, I know that like, you know, like people like um, Shonda Rhimes have done that for other people, but like in the Latinx community, since there's not that many people just in no. the industry, having someone like you do that for someone like him, that's a huge deal. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, you're yeah. opening doors. I mean, but if you were in there, you'd be doing that, right? Like, it's, yeah. there's no other, tw- I don't know, to me, there's like, that's what we do. It makes the most sense, you know. How are we going to have a movement if we don't have people in all aspects of this industry? Like, we can't. There's other, um, uh, other uh, ty- people who have had uh, an effect in the industry because they have done that. Like, sort of like 
united into a movement uh, um and and we we we're do that you know so i i, I wish uh I wish there were more opportunities. Like that's one of the things that is gonna, I'm gonna miss about Vida the most is that I can't give jobs. <sighs> that stresses me out a lot, you know? Like uh, our, our cinematographer, Carmen Cabana, she had never um, helmed um, a camera department. And to give someone a show, you know, she has 36 um, employees in her department alone, you know, like without ha being tried and true, but like, because they were standing by me, we stood by, you know, we're like now she has this career i can't even get her she's like doing high fidelity no i love that i can't wow you know? she's great. like she's she's in demand and that happened in the three you know these four years three and a half years that this has happened that that's beautiful to me i have my writers i can't get they're off doing you know that's awesome that's, that's cool. you know that's what we want you know because then then it, it's not just a moment it becomes a movement hopefully you know this thing of like having us behind the camera, in front of the camera, you know, writing the words people are saying, that, that is, um, that's the goal. Wow. That's definitely an amazing goal to have. And I mean, you've achieved it. You've opened doors for people. You've made them able to open doors for others as well. Yeah. Like now they're at a level where they can help other people out. And that's, I think that's the way that we get in. That's the way yeah. that we kind of win and get in and get our stories told because we help each other out. We go, all right, if I'm working, you're working. If I'm eating, you're eating. And that's, yeah. and I'm glad we, we went into the world of um, creatives. Cause I know, I know we want to be on time here. So I'm going to go yeah. our dear Gina, people write in um, questions for the show, fans of the show, whatever. And they'll, they'll write dear Gina questions and we each take a stab at answering them. And this one I think fits perfectly into the role of creatives. So it says, uh, dear Gina, as a creative, what are three habits that will improve your life? Which I think is a very interesting question. I don't know if it's meant creatively will improve my life or just improve my life in general. So I'm going to go in general for right now and say the three things that I know that have improved my life greatly. One is meditation. Not going to lie to you. Hands down meditation, introducing that into my life has been the best thing for me, slowing down, Two is freedom of expression. And what I mean is not just through stand-up when I do stand-up, but giving myself the freedom of expression when I just write. Not judging myself for what I write, taking the time to write, and when I'm editing, still not being in that judgmental phase, mm -hmm. just trimming the fat of what I need. And the last one is support. I'm going to say support uh, from my friends, from those close to me has been the biggest thing that will improve, that has improved my life. Sort of waiting out the people in my life that were not supportive, mm. that were naysayers or were negative, and just keeping the people around me that get stuff done and that are supportive when I get stuff done. So those are my three. I'll throw it to you, Tanya. Do you want to take a stab at it? Um, yeah, actually a lot of, you know, I'm in practice of a lot of these things that you, um, are talking about during this pandemic, especially reconnecting. So I, I'll say the reconnecting to source. So reconnecting to my my spirituality through. Well, I am a daughter of Oshun, so I she is my mother, and um, so is Yamaya. I'm a daughter of the two waters. <laughs> Santeros will know what that means. Um, but that is uh, every day, uh, every day commitment. I feed my orishas. I like, but that comes with meditation, um, prayer. Um, so it re and every time that I get too busy and I'm disconnected from that, I can feel it, you know, and, uh, I can just feel myself just off. And so this has been great. Like being able to every day have that practice. Um, and also when I get so busy and my life is out of whack and balance, like I, it's when I'm not like fomenting my relationships, my, my, my friendships. And I have a beautiful family here. Um, and the fact that I'm so connected to them right now daily, when I'm like, I, I also hire them. They are like, they're all in my show somehow. Um, like my best friend is the guy who plays Rudy, the politician. Since 2005, I've known him. We're from Chicago. We, we met doing a play as actors, you know? Um, and uh, my bestie. And then you'll meet this other, my other bestie is um, um, in the next episode. But like, so, but, so I see them at work and because I, you know, but, but I don't like just chat with them. And, and this has been lovely to be like, 
reconnecting and I forgot, oh, I forgot how much that feeds you. Not just as a writer, because you need, you know, you need human connection. contact connection, even though that's a weird thing to say right now, you, we can still connect, you know? And, and so that, so that has been, um, uh, and then I'll, a practice for the writing, um, deadlines, set deadlines. Um, I can't do it when it's like, let's see how much I write it. It has to be like, so like I, what either they're artificial or real deadlines just set. Like if it's for, you know, creators, like if you're going to submit something like that, it, like pick things, because if not, it just, uh, time is, especially right now. It's so like, ah, you know, um, but like, it's whatever. Let me watch videos. I'm, I have a crush on this girl, um, that on that this actress and I'm like, Instead of writing, I'd be like, let me look at her stand-ups again. Oh, she's funny. Oh, ooh, an interview. Like, no. Yeah, deadline. <laughs> I've been that girl. Oh, so, no. Why are we always discussed our crush on Nico? Nico. Oh, my God. I couldn't. We have such a crush on Nico. We were about it. Yeah. I was like, I was really watching, and then I went into a whole hole yeah. while I'm watching, and I'm like, Oh, you did that? Is oh, is that what you look like with long hair? I really can't see. No, I That's mean, so, yeah, I know. She, uh, but Roberta and Nico are different, but they have that same swagger. But they're different. Like Roberta's my sister. You know, I've worked with Roberta since 2011. Um, we've done plays. She's done my plays. You know, so I'd like to work with people I love. You know, uh, yeah. and I love Roberta. But Nico is someone we created in the lab. Or in the writer's room, meaning perfect. Like, what's the perfect girl? And the dream girl, well, to me, is a mask of center boy, you know, a stud. That's my dream girl. So I'm like, we're going to create my dream girl, um, which yeah. is played by my friend, Roberta, which is like, it's fun, you know, because like you hang out with Roberta, you're like, you're not Nico, damn it. <laughs> you're not Nico, <laughs> which is good. No. It's good. It's the it's you want it, I get it. Now that you tell me that's your type, I'm like, I know exactly what it is. There's this there's a glare and a and a swag to the Nico character that I I really was like, what's happening? <laughs> I'm gonna uh are we all queers here? Uh, no, no, you're just more precious on okay. I've been me. with uh women before, but I will say that I can't say I get a day pass. I get a you yeah, day pass. It's a spectrum. I, it's a spectrum. Yeah, I'm like, listen, if you're beautiful and I'm feeling that vibe, then that yeah. vibe is the vibe. And, and uh um Nico turn would turn girls. Like Nico oh, is yeah. that, you know. Well, I'm obsessed. I'm just gonna say it because she would never listen to uh, she's in UK, you know what I mean? So <laughs> like Tanya, it's called the internet. No, but um, so I'm obsessed with Mae Martin. You have to watch Feel Good. But I, especially if you're queer, I feel like it's such a good, it's in Netflix, it's just six episodes. One of those British gems, you know, that feel good. And she, it's autobiographical or semi-autobiographical about her like addiction and then this relationship with a straight girl, like, and you know. So I, it's so hard. Cause like, so you're telling me that, that person is, this I'm, so I'm down the freaking rabbit hole of rabbit like hole. interviews. But then I I've never done. It's just that we have the time. There's never like that. I mean, sometimes rabbit hole of kitty like kitty videos, you know, but like yeah. cats. Yeah. That's different. But like this is crazy. I'm acting crazy during the Rona. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm For me, it's it's kids videos. Yeah. 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 Like I I've seen the same kids videos like five times, and I'm just like. What's happening to me? And then I realized age is happening. That's yeah. exactly yeah. my oh. body going, oh, they're so cute. No. <laughs> it, that's yeah. entirely like, it. No. You're telling okay. your lady, hey, 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 we ain't trying to get pregnant during this pandemic. I Not right pregnant. now. Um, <laughs> take it from a seven-month pregnant woman. Don't. Uh, oh. Catherine, uh, do you want to throw your uh, two cents in the creative question? Three things I, that improve your life? Hmm. Because of the time of Rona. Um, so a lot of people say meditation, but like meditating is actually really hard for me. I don't know why it's something that I like, it's not that I can't do it. It's, I've learned that my alternative is just silence, just laying in my room in silence. And, and I can do it only around a certain amount of hours in New York city. The beautiful thing about quarantine is that the neighborhood is almost quiet. So you can hear nature. Um, and for some that might be considered meditating, but if anybody's like me where the brain just doesn't turn off, so I eventually either fall asleep or get myself out of it, like I'm like, I can't do this. 
the silence doesn't, it takes away the pressure of, am I meditating or am I not? You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, I'm just sitting here and I, I, I've done that and that's helped. Um, and I say this as somebody who like works out leisurely. It's not like I'm a workout person. Uh, actually doing something to work out has helped me feel active because I can't go outside. I'm not going to lie. I've had a elliptical for two years. I finally am putting used to it. I'm like, you know what? Me and you, let's do this. Yeah. So whatever working out is, I've literally just gone in my room and danced for like an hour to music, to like old salsa. That's working out because I'm sweating my butt off. Um, so some type of activity. I don't care. Do jumping jacks. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third is probably having a moment to just be so honest with yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I probably sound crazy and I look like Issa, Issa Rae and insecure. I sit in the mirror and then I honestly say the things that I don't want to continue doing once Rona's done. Like the things that I know I did before as distractions. Yeah. Things that I'm, I'm so aware of what my distractions were. Where I'm like, oh, you could go back into that hole like this. Yep. But this time, if you do it again, now it's your fault. Because it's not that you didn't have the time to think about it. So I kind of remind myself of like the things that are my distractions. And if they're not leading me to like my goal. So, okay. For, for one thing for me, I'm dating. Right? But... Now I want to date with substance. So I say that to myself. If you're talking to this person, come on, girl. You really like them? Do you really like them? Do you, do you see something? Then why are you wasting your time? And there's where before I would have been like, but it's fun. You know what I mean? It's honesty to myself about those things. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Those good stuff, Catherine. <laughs> Just because I know we're, we're on a time schedule and I only stress that because I'm usually terrible with time. So I have to remind myself, like I say it to myself so that I like at the clock and be like, okay, girl, keep it on point. Cause everybody, you said you would, so now you got to be the one. Um, we want to thank you for coming on and for doing the podcast, man. You are amazing. You are inspiring. Thank you for everything. Congrats on everything. Keep opening doors. Keep making great projects because we will definitely keep supporting. Um, let the people know where they can find you. Anything else you want to shout out? Just let people know where they can find you on social media and yeah. other things. Vida is, you know, half the season is, is, um, you know, we, we're gonna, we're like halfway through the season three. That means only three episodes left of any oh, Vida ever. I know. I know it hurts my heart. Um, but man, this, uh, this, uh, next episode is the queer, queer Sanera episode and it's epic. It's beautiful. Um, I am at Tania Saracho, just my name, uh, Instagram, which is the main thing that I do. I mostly just post pictures of my cats and I mean, videos of my cats and, um, squirrels. I have squirrels now. Um, <laughs> I mean, they don't know they're mine, but they're my squirrels. And then, uh, Twitter, um, again, Tania Saracho. I'm not, I'm a terrible Twitter or, yeah. but, um, but I, I got it. <laughs> Yeah, same here. I'm not really on, I'm not on the Twitter so much, but. I don't get, I, it stresses me out too much, you know, but yeah. like posting videos of a squirrel, I don't know, that, that's, that seems okay. It's healing. <laughs> Catherine, tell yeah. the lovely people where they can find you. Um, on Instagram, it's at CatherineG.Mendoza. Same thing on TikTok and Twitter, it's CathyGrace24. <laughs> very well done. That was very concise. I like it. <laughs> you guys know you can find me at G Brione on Instagram. The website is ginabrione.com or .net because ballin. Uh, you can find me on everything else as uh, Gina Brione. Uh, check out my HBO special, Easily Offended, which is out now on all the HBO streaming platforms. I have another special coming out on Amazon called The Floor is Lava, which will be coming out soon. And I'll let you guys know the date when they let me know the date. Uh, <laughs> find us on patreon you can find me on cameo and uh, if you want a shout out if you have a company i just did one for mental health awareness for this uh company that uh raises mental health awareness so if you have a company and you want a shout out hit me up on cameo i'll send you guys over a video uh it's actually one of the fun things i get to do so that said guys you know i love to end the episode with a piece of advice my mom gives me to this day and when life is throwing a lot at you handle it one catastrophe at a time one catastrophe at a time, people. Until next time, thank you again, Danya. Thank you. Danya, thank you so much. I'm going to watch that show. What's it called? Feel Good? 
Feel yeah. good. Feel good. I'm going to watch and I'll tweet you or something. Let, like, tell me what you think. I will. <laughs> All right, guys. Everybody else, juices. Bye, everybody. See y'all next time. Don't think I swim in it like David. Okay. Yeah. Do it like that. Yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad. Mm -hmm. Go to sleep, I call him my nightcap. Born killer, you a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.